Hello, I'm Melvin O'Doom. Now, most of you know me as a radio and TV presenter where I've interviewed some of the biggest names in music and film. But you may not be as familiar with my not-so-successful dating career. Well, that's all about to change as I share the highs and lows of my love life in my own podcast, Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. I've invited some of my oldest and newest celebrity friends to help me improve my dating game and Saturn tells me they're not going to hold back. So let's not hang around. Let's get into it. So this week on the podcast, I am really excited to be joined by someone who I'm a really big fan of. It's Amber Rose Gill. How you doing, Amber? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Listen, I mean, I've been a big fan of you since your series of Love Island. So really? the bad thing is, I feel like I've been out and about and seen you at like events and parties, but I'm just too like shy to come up and say hello. <laughs> I think we've said hello, but we've never really spoke properly, but that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I trust me, I'm a big fan. I'm really gassed about today. Now, I started this podcast because I've had a few dating disasters and I felt like you'd be able to give me some good advice. But I've heard you feel like you're not too great on dates yourself. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. I mean, if you watch Love Island, I'm not very good. I don't know how I would. Why do you say that? Because if you watch it, I'm just not very good at navigating the conversation. I'm a bit probably too direct, too blunt. And people are just shocked when they speak to us. They're like, what is going on? Well, like you said, most people know you from Love Island. And the winner of Love Island, I was telling my mate about um, speaking to you today. And she's like, you're the first only solo winner of Love Island. Because (laughs) you didn't win as a couple. You actually won the show because of you. It's fair to say that, right? I can neither confirm nor deny because I get dragged if I say it. But everybody else can say it for us. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Now, would you say that your your time on the show has affected your love life in a positive or negative way? Negative? It's hard to date these days, you know. So why is it? Why has things been made harder for you because of the show? Well, it's just weird because people know who you are, isn't it? It's just a bit like people already have like an idea of what you're like and they think that they know you as well. I think one thing about Love Island and like reality TV, everybody thinks I'm the best mate straight away and I'm like, hi, and I don't mind to be fair, but I you actually, people don't know us and like they think that they already know us. So that's really hard to navigate. Like I'm like, no, I'm not just like Love Island Amber 24-7. But I feel like I use that to my advantage. I feel like if people have listened to me like on my radio show, I feel like they're already like 15% more at ease because they know a little bit about my personality. So you don't use that to your advantage in any way. Look, at the end of the day, people loved you, which is why they voted for you to win Love Island. So surely you use that as an advantage as well, or no? No, I prefer people don't. I like a clean slate. I don't want anyone to see my crazy mess on Love Island because I I was, I did do a lot of crazy things on the show, like just shouting and kicking off and that. So I don't want people to know that. I want just fresh start. Plus, I was only 21 when I went on the show. I'm 25 this year. Like, come on. Like, I'm old. I know. I'm not the same Amber. Well, I am a little bit, but not 100%. Fair play. Would you say there's anything that you learned from your time on the show that's potentially helped you out with, like, dating scenarios now that you could maybe teach me? Your first impression is always correct. Your intuition is always right. Because, you know, somebody sent me the tapes back from something that I said on, like, a TikTok. And um, with Michael, I said, mm, you, I feel like you look like you're going to ruin my life. And then what happened? Yeah, I remember that. So you know what? You always got to trust your instinct. Your first instinct, your intuition is always correct. And that's what I learned 
That's so interesting. Because I do actually remember you saying that. And yeah, you were right. He was um he was hard work. Although I did love him, he was a great character. <laughs> he tried. He didn't I mean he didn't ruin my life, you know, because I ended up obviously winning, but like he he, he gave it a good go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now I've got to say, Amber, I love your live tweets, especially during Love Island and especially during Castle Moore. Do you feel like, because obviously you've done the show, do you feel that the guy's kind of like behaviour is more heightened during Castle Moore or do you think guys are like that in real life anyway? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was asking people, is this what boys' holidays are like? Because I'll never, ever let another boyfriend go on a holiday ever again. That's how it is. <laughs> It was crazy. The way that they did like a 360 spin, I, I honestly can't believe it. But I think that they just get so excited. It's like a new fresh filler and a bunch of new girls and they just forget about what's at home. Castro Moore always gets me because, you know, look, I've been on boys' holidays and I think we all do get a little bit excited when we're away. However, if I was getting filmed 24-7 on a national TV show, probably one of the biggest TV shows in, in the country right now, I don't think... I would act in exactly the same way as I would if I was in Malaga. Do you know, like, this is what I think. I'm like, do you remember, like, you're on a show? Like, everybody's watching you. So even, like, when they go back and they're like, oh, you know, I just I just was being tested. It wasn't, you know, I didn't do too much. It's like, we can see what you did. We watched you. <laughs> you forgot about her. You weren't testing. You completely forgot that she existed. And we all witnessed it. That's the worst part. But I'm like, the boys just, like, move mad. I don't even think they care. They don't care. I think they're just enjoying the experience, but you're right. I think some of the guys don't care when they're in that situation and scenario. <laughs> now, something else I want to ask you about is, do you think that Castle Moore can be quite triggering for some women watching the show? Absolutely. Gives me PTSD, but that's just because I went through it. Right. And I was the I was the main victim of, of, of my season. I was the main victim. So I watch it and I'm like, <gasps> I get like heart palpitations whilst I'm watching it. But it's not that bad. It's not as bad as how it looks. It looks like it's really bad and all the music's dead intense, but it's not as intense as what it looks. So that's what I remember. But I think like girls would be looking at their boyfriend like side eye. It's like, oh, you're going to be there in two weeks. Like not anymore. <laughs> Amber, I've got to ask you about a tweet that I saw that blew up online. It went completely crazy as well. You posted this the other day. Switching teams was the best decision I made in my life. And then you followed it with a TikTok. Now, did you know it was going to generate that much excitement? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And if I did, I probably would have stopped tweeting it because I was not ready to have the conversations that I'm having, to be fair. But it is what it is. And it was just a lighthearted joke. And I, and I stand by it now. It's been a couple of days. Okay, so first of all, what was your thought process? Why post it? And why now as well? Why post it? I wasn't thinking at all. When I'm in Love Island mode tweeting, I'm not thinking about what I'm posting. I'm just posting my opinion. So there was no like brain cells. It was just vibes at that point. Like there was no brain cells behind it. It was totally like not planned at all. So I couldn't even give you an answer. I just did it. And then I thought, hmm, when you see all the notifications come up, I think, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But then I've got to stand by it. I can't delete it. I can't delete it now. So yeah. It just happened by accident. <laughs> well, what's the response been like from people? <laughs> really nice, really nice. I mean, I get the the odd the odd couple that aren't because it does kind of it does a, it kind of looks like a bit strange. It just came out of nowhere, but it hasn't. But the overall reception's been really good. Well, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. 
I want to rewind for a second because I know you did a, an interview recently and you said when you were on Love Island, the producers found it quite frustrating with you sometimes because you weren't into any of the guys. Now, knowing what you know now, yeah. was it that you just weren't into guys or was it that you weren't suited to the guys that were on the show? Like, what's, what was the situation? What, what was going through your head? I, th- I think a bit, a bit of both, a bit of both. I'm not 100% not into guys right now, but I think there I'm very particular I'm a very particular human being and also with dating I don't take dating very lightly if I'm dating like some of my friends they'll date three people at a time five people at a time like and they'll just be like mediocre like not the people but like mediocre matches like not very like match made in heaven when I date I want a match made in heaven that's what I want or nothing so zero to 100. And I just think none of the guys were doing it for us. But it's funny because loads of people were saying like, well, we knew from Love Island, we could tell. You didn't like any no of those way. men. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have never told. And do you know what the mad thing is for me is if if I was to ask 100% of my female friends who's their favorite person on Love Island, male-wise, they would always say Ovi. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And you potentially had access to Ovi. Yeah. So it's so interesting for me because I was like, okay, she's not feeling him. But I just thought, you know what? It's a platonic thing. He he was kind of like, almost like your older brother. Yeah. And that's and that was the vibe. That was the, the complete vibe. I think that um he liked Anna and he liked you one day. And that's who he wanted to go for. And me and him just got on so well. And I love my friends. Like, I love my friends. I love my platonic friendships. And so I was happy to have it like that. I don't want, I didn't want anything more from that, you know. But he is beautiful. Like, you know, everybody can see that he's beautiful. He's tall. He's the best. And that's why he's my bestie. <laughs> yeah, he's a very cool dude. Say hello to him from me. I'm, I'm a I secret will. fan. I'm a secret fan. <laughs> now, do you feel that Love Island needs to be a little bit more inclusive when it comes to like all sexualities on the show? Or do you think it just couldn't exist if it was? I don't know. I don't know if it couldn't exist, but I think it would be really hard. Like, I just don't know how the dynamic of the show would work. I think that the current format works. And if we wanted to have a show like full of inclusivity like that, then it would have to be like a different sort of structure because I just don't think it would work with the way that Love Island is. I wouldn't be sure how it would work. But I mean, I would love to see that. It would be very... Um, interesting to watch. I'd definitely watch that. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm with you on that as well. Now, one thing I, I really admire about you, um, Amber, is you're, you're able to speak your mind unapologetically, right? But at the same time, you somehow have this private life as well. Like, I can see that you kind of like to protect your friends and your family. Do you think that it's quite a hard thing to have a public relationship doing what you do? Yeah, it is. It's really hard. Because there's a lot of pressure when you start sharing things. There's a lot of pressure to share more or like you want an update or you want you like people just want more. And I don't want to give them what I can't continue. So I've got, you know, sort of my public like I'm I'm very honest and I'm very open. But there is just sort of an element of private. But that's just because, you know, my family don't want a camera f- thrust in their face 24-7. And like with relationships, you never know when it's going to go wrong as well. I'm scared because then I've got. 2.7 million people saying, well, what happened? Well, what happened? What happened? And I'm like, I don't know myself. Like, I don't know what happened. And, and now I've got to tell you and I've got to announce it. And yeah, it's too much. So I like a private. I could potentially next relationship be public, but it just depends on how it is when I'm in it. And I'll make that decision when I'm in it, you know? Can I ask you a question now then? You can. Are you with someone at the moment? I'm not. 
because I just wanted to find out how you go about keeping things to yourself and keeping things kind of like in that private sector. I just do it. Like I don't, I don't, there's no like sort of method. Like I've always been sort of private in general, which I, I don't even know why I did Love Island, to be honest, because people are like, why did you do Love Island when you're that private? Like that private's ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know, but it is what it is. And I'll, and I'll make it work. So I've just got things that I show people and things that I don't. And the things that I don't, I don't really think about, oh, I'm not showing that. I just, it just doesn't come naturally. So I don't end up doing it, you know? But I tell you one thing, when I do date people and I see people in public, like I'm outside with them, those people are A1, like standard, class quality people because nothing ever comes out. The person could be holding the photo, taking the photo, holding the phone, taking the photo, and the people won't say anything. And I'm like, those are my true fans because you don't <laughs> say a word. You keep a secret for me and I love that. They're right for us. <laughs> <laughs> they got your back. I love that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Amber, right now it's time for uh, a section of the podcast called Melvin's Dates O Doom. So this is where I kind of talk about some of my dating disasters. Usually they're quite fun, but today's is a little bit serious just because I think you'll be the, you'll be the best person to talk to about this, all right? Okay. So a few years ago, I was dating someone, uh, an English girl, right? Mm-hmm. And we were seeing each other for a little bit. I went over to hers. One thing led to another. Then at three o'clock in the morning, she woke me up and said, Melvin, you need to leave my house now because if my grandfather sees you, he, he's just not going to have it. Oh my God. And at the time I was shook because I didn't know why I was being woken up. I didn't even really kind of like register what was going on. I kind of just was like, okay, cool. I jumped in my car and I went home. And to be honest, between you and me, I didn't really think about it. I, I just knew I probably wasn't going to see this girl again, right? Yes. So I went, went home, kind of forgot about it. Anyway, let's fast forward to the sad passing of George Floyd. Yeah. So Black Lives Matter protests are going on. There's black squares everywhere. There's literally everyone's talking about what's going on in the States and around the world. And I get a text on my phone. And it says, um, Melvin, I'm really, really sorry that a few years ago I asked you to wake up and leave my house because I didn't want my grandfather to see you with me. And I just want to apologise for that that time because I realised how offensive it, it, it may have been to you. And, you know, I'm going to try and teach my kids if I have kids at any time to do better and all this stuff. And... I didn't know how to process it. I kind of like responded and I was just like, look, thank you very much for speaking to me about this. And, you know, it's important that we have these conversations. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you kind of spoke to me about it now. Like, why now? But I kind of like, you know, read between the lines. And I was very, because of that's me anyway. I don't like making anyone feel uncomfortable. So I just was like, thank you very much for responding. And I mean, for getting in touch. And and I kind of left at that. But when I put the phone down, I kind of thought to myself, was she apologizing because she, you know, she genuinely felt sorry or was she trying to clear her own conscience? Yeah. Because of what was going on around the world and the way in which black people and people of color have kind of been represented and affected and interacted with her at that time. Yeah. Telling you this story now from your side of things, like how do you go about processing 
a situation like that. And I know it's a lot, and I know it's part of a bigger issue. It's not just about me and my my dating dilemmas. This is part of a massive issue. But I just felt like you're just such an intelligent person, and I think you're a person who is very honest. And I, I wanted to share this story specifically with you. Yeah, it's hard. I think around that time as well, it was really hard to know what was performative and what was actual genuine, like, desire to be like educated like it was really hard to navigate but for me like I'd say with that situation it's always good when people are aware and she didn't have to say anything I don't know whether it's a clear conscience it's really hard it's honestly so hard to navigate but it's important that people understand at the time she might have not understood how bad it was um, so I like to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes around this but then also I'm like you know that's wrong and you shouldn't be doing that. So why do you facilitate some letting someone be that way? Because, you know, if my family were that way, I would definitely have something to say about it and be like, well, actually, no. And this is what it is. So it's just hard. It was it was such a hard time because everybody then all of a sudden wanted to be educated on things. And it was like, but we were trying to tell you before and you didn't care until now. So, like, I don't know what to do. Do you know what's really interesting, Amber, about that time was... Um... I started to blame myself because I was like, at that time, I genuinely did just get up, pick up my shoes, jump in my car, and I didn't say anything. Yeah. Because I was so numb to scenarios and situations like that. I was just like, oh, well, cool. You know, obviously, black people aren't allowed in our family type thing. Yeah. So I, I started to question whether or not I should have said something. Yeah. So there's so many different questions that have gone through my head. And like you said, it is really hard to navigate around. It's so hard to navigate. And you've just reminded me of a situation that happened to me not that long ago, actually, where I felt like I should have said something, but I didn't. Um, I was working somewhere and uh, this woman came over to us and she was like, oh, you look like Fleur East. And obviously I get it often, whatever. Ah, hilarious. Yeah, I look like Fleur East. Me and Fleur look the same. Whatever, <laughs> right? Then she started going oh my God, is your hair like real? Like, oh my God, right? And I was like, yeah. And then she started putting her hands in my hair saying like, oh my God, it feels so nice. It feels so nice. Da, 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 da. And then she lifted up my hair and went, is it all real? Is it all yours? And lifted it up. And I was like, oh my God. And I just sort of like let her do it. And I remember walking away from that and I was like, I should have said something there. Like, why did I not say anything? Like, it's just, I'm used to like, these types of things but it's not like it's actually not cool it's not okay you can't do that like imagine if I had like alopecia or like there was a reason that I had like a, a wig on or or any sort of reason that I was insecure about like you shouldn't make someone feel like that plus also you shouldn't violate someone's personal space anyway but yeah that was that was a moment where I was like damn I should have said something then I always think back and I'm like but is it my responsibility I hear what you're saying, but I think you're in a very difficult space because not only that, yeah, you could have said something, but you're also in the public eye and you're also perceived you're a very nice person. So if you switched on this person, because potentially it's not a nice thing to go through that. Uh, trust me, bad news travels faster than good news. Yeah it, yeah, it wouldn't be about you telling this person, don't touch my hair. It would yeah. be about Amber switched on me while I wanted to get a picture. that's That would have been the headline. Yeah, horrible, mean, aggressive Amber was da-da-da-da-da, yeah. And it would have just got bypassed. But yeah, that was the situation. And I just think sometimes these types of situations are so hard to navigate because then you just blame yourself. And it's like, but people should have their own personal responsibility. You know, like I'm 
I like to educate myself on issues that don't affect me as well. So why do people not have that uh, personal responsibility to like know that it's not cool to do these things or like how to navigate the situations? I find it mad because I'm genuinely interested in like, I want to make the world nicer for everyone. And so like, I like to know about what the hell's going on for someone else, not just what happens to me. I want to know what happens to everyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm always learning. I'm still learning now. Exactly, exactly. And this is where I come from in the headspace of give people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, we're all sort of learning a lot of new things. But there's some things that's like, come on, guys, like, come on, get with the programs. 2022 now, you're not like aware. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> now, Amber, congratulations, because I heard you've just uh, written your own debut novel. I did. Until I met you. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's about a holiday romance. It is. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, please? Um. So it's basically like a really nice romantic escapism novel. And it's following Samantha and she gets dumped just before she's going to our best friend's wedding in Tobago. Um, and she meets some people along the way. She meets this guy called Roman. It's just about their journey of navigating a wedding when all your friends are sort of in couples and it's like annoying because you're like one of the single ones. And yeah, it's just a really, really nice, fun, easy read, beachy read. Yeah, I love it. So what was the inspiration behind this book? Was this about you or someone you know? Or is this something that you just kind of conjured up? No, this is just like the creative juices flowing. So I always had an interest in English um, growing up and I used to love books and it was just something I put on the back burner because I'd never thought I was good enough to ever, ever do anything like this. I never in a million years thought. So it was just one of those things that I thought, oh yeah, I do like that, but that's never going to happen. And then Mills and Boone actually wanted, they were just really aware that their audiences were sort of middle-class white women, that authors were middle-class white women and their characters in the books were generally middle-class white women and they wanted to change that and so we ended up launching a competition called love to write where only people from underrepresented ethnic backgrounds could enter and the winner got a year's publishing contract with harper collins and like i just thought that was amazing so i was behind it i was on the judging panel and i just remember me and mills and boom were having a good chat about how much i love reading books and i love romance and they were like do you fancy doing your own and i was like really and they were like yeah and I was like, you know what? Like, I would have loved to have written a book for myself when I was younger because when I was reading, there was nobody that sounded like me, nobody that looked like me, nobody that looked like my family that I was reading about. And so the idea I was born that I would do it myself and I would start getting loads of nice, fun characters in there so people feel repre represented, you know? When I was younger, I didn't realize how important representation was. I had no idea. I was just reading the books because I enjoyed them. But now when I look back, it would have been really nice for me to have something like this to read when I was younger. Yeah, I think it's such an important thing what you're doing. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's loads of books out there that have done similar things. But I just think it's so beautiful because people, they know you and they'll be able to connect with your story or whatever you're, you're portraying in these books as well. Now, Amber, would you say you're a romantic I can be, it depends, has to be the right person is what I've realized because I went through my life thinking I wasn't, but then when you date the right person, you can be. Do you feel like stories in books like that kind of only happen in books or do you think they can happen in real life? So my story's not too far-fetched. It could happen. It could definitely happen. 
And that's what I want. I want escapism, but it's, it, it could definitely happen for you. Like uh, the people that reading it, it could happen. You know, next time you go to Tobago, so get the tickets booked, you know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> You're listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. Go beyond your distant settings and chat to people around the world with Tinder's Passport feature. Right, so I've got some listener dilemmas, Amber, and we just need your advice on some of these. So these have come through uh, like social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, through the DMs and stuff like that. Just see what you think about them. Okay. So first up is, uh, I hate when a guy wants to take you out, but he asks you to choose the venue and to also book it. Grr, they've put there. So what do you think about this? Because I've got a few views on this situation. I'm not into it at all. I'm not into it. I want someone to choose. I want it to be booked. And I just want to be told, be ready at this time. And I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I, I feel like, Amber, there's a lot of pressure on guys when it comes to dating. Because I would say the guy has to make the first move. Yeah. Then once you make that move, you then have to like book the place. And then once you've booked it, I think most, if you're going to be successful in your date, no matter how independent your date is, you still have to pay. I think you're yeah. looked down on if you don't pay. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure for the guy. But you're saying it doesn't matter, Melvin. That's that's the case. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But to be fair, I have the restaurants that I like to go to. So I wouldn't mind choosing and booking. I wouldn't mind. But I would prefer someone to be like, just be ready at eight and I'll see you there. And I'll be like, Ooh, there's a car to come and pick you up. And it's just nice. A car as well, Amber. Yeah, <laughs> everything. I want the works, man. I want the works. Can I say something? So there's something that I used to do. I don't I do not do it anymore, but I used to do this. I used to do um, multiple choice. So I'd be like, do you want to go to this Thai place or want to go to this steakhouse or do you want to go to a rooftop bar? So I'd be like, multiple choice. Yeah. I'm kind of selecting it, but you're picking, you're making the final choice. I love that. Okay. I love that. That's like the perfect solution, I think, yeah. All right. So you're saying any guys listening right now, if you ask someone out, you have to pick the date and you have to pay. Yes. <laughs> and finally, Amber, um, I'm dating someone who's tight. What should I do? Oh, Does this matter? Because look, you're successful. You're making your own money. You're out there doing your thing. Do you need someone that has money? Yeah. <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs> I love the honesty. You had a little thing. He's like, yeah. I was gonna. I was like, I don't know, but yeah, it's nice, you know. But it's not. It's not about how much money someone makes. If they're tight, then they can be rich, tight, you know, people as well. So it, it's all dependent. But if you're tight, then I, I don't know. That's just a quality that I'm just not into at all. You know, if you try to stay for a house, then fine. We don't have to go all out. We don't have to go to Nobu. We can go, like, you know, somewhere else. Hakkasan. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Hakkasan's still expensive, like, in comparison. <laughs> I mean, not quite Nobu, but it's still there. All right. Well, I, I have to admit to you, there was a time when um, so I was dating someone and they used to love having a bath at mine. I've, I'm, I'm a shower person, if I'm honest. Okay. So it got to the point when I felt like my house was becoming a spa. So anytime they came round, I used to hide the bath plug. <laughs> Is that a dumpable offence in Amber Rose Gill's world? <laughs> That's so petty. I love it, though. I would do that if I didn't want someone to have a bath. I would do that. But like, I'm going to use that now. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. But why were you Why were you mad about it? 
Because I I was like, at the end of the day, if you're dirty, you just have a shower. It's it's more it's great it's great for the environment. It saves me money. Look, bills are sky high at the moment. Yeah, man, the cost of living crisis, you know. Yeah, and it wasn't just it was like morning and evening. That's a lot of water that you're rinsing out. That is that's excessive. That's excessive. But you should just say though, this is the thing. You should just say like, what's the deal with the baths like? You should have just said. Amber, people don't respect me. When I when I try and put my foot down, people don't listen to anything I've got to say. <laughs> That's why because you gotta have got... conviction. You gotta have conviction. I feel like my Geordie accent is like intense. So whenever I say anything, it sounds worse than what I've ever said. So people are like, "Oh, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened." I wouldn't be messing with you, Amber. That's for sure. <laughs> I would definitely say, "What's going on with the baths?" So I should have I should have said something before hiding the the bath plug. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I do like a petty action because it's just, it, I just get satisfaction. I just find it funny. It's just like, yeah, you don't know. I know like a little prank kind of thing. But it's good to be direct. Like, you know, that would irritate me if someone was having a bath twice a day. I can't understand the thought process. Why are you doing that? I would have to say something. This is, I mean, this is all great advice, Amber. Um, but we've come to the end of the podcast. I can speak oh, no. to you all day long. Yeah, I know. It's time flies when you're having fun, Amber. That was so fast. I feel like I've been on five minutes. <laughs> I know. But listen, Amber, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. I hope the advice was okay. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> A big thanks to Amber for being my guest on the podcast this week. I knew it was going to be a good episode and she did not disappoint. Right, so you know what time it is. Play the music. Now this week on the podcast, we've learned that picking the location and paying for the date is a nice way to show that you put some thought into it, but multiple choice is also a fun idea too. Even if you don't see yourself as a romantic, If you are dating the right person, then that can change. And if you're not happy with your partner's bathing habits, maybe hiding the bath plug is a step too far. Next week on the podcast, I'm joined by my friend, Pete Wicks. Party Pete and the fun side of stuff is easy. It's the bit when it starts getting emotional or or it starts becoming feelings and and all that sort of stuff. That's the bit that you have to start convincing people you're not an arsehole. You've been listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss out, and I'll see you next time. Sink clap.